You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. Hey friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Piron. I'll be the host for today's show, and I'm joined in studio by my two friends and brothers in Christ, Dan Dimite and Aaron Richards. Gentlemen. Hello, Brad. How are we doing? Let the games begin. Let the games begin. I'm feeling good about today. I I don't really know why. uh, (laughs) Have you ever not felt good about today, Brad? I uh, feel like that's a grace on your life to feel good about today. I think so, too. (laughs) I also think I've started every episode I've hosted with, I feel good today. Um, With that, I'm feeling good enough to take a question. But before we get there, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where Encounter meets mission. We at Beyond Damascus desire for everyone to live a life that changes lives. And in fact, we found a sponsor for this show that wants to help us live lives that change lives. So we're not just a show about mission, we're a show Mm -hmm. on mission. And we have a generous benefactor who's willing to give $10 for every subscriber we get this season. So that could and should be you because we want to send a kid to our flagship program Catholic Youth Summer Camp so their life can be changed and so they can go out and change lives from an impacted summer which would be awesome so join us uh through that so subscribe to us and that'll allow you to stay up to date with all of our new episodes but for this episode we're going to throw it over to Jack our producer who's going to let us know the question of the week yeah of course Brad the question for this week is how do I bring Jesus to people I don't know without being weird. <laughs> That's the best addendum ever. So wait, can you read it one more time, Jack? That's my favorite question. How I do it. I bring Jesus to people I don't know without being without weird? Without being weird. Good, good. I like that. Um, It's actually funny because Aaron, our, uh, mm-hmm. I was going through our house rules recently and the number one house rule at Damascus is don't, don't be, be weird. weird. And it was authored by you. Can you give a little background? Why? How did that earn number one, you know? like the first amendment's an important amendment you know like the first yeah it's probably it probably came from a place of woundedness to be honest here's the I've, I've just seen i've seen a good I've, I've seen good move of god good ministry so many times sabotaged because mm. someone couldn't make it past the fact that they didn't feel welcome mm. and uh i, I don't want to be a place that that turns people away well, before they get to like the that. front door. Like it, we want to be a charismatic community, but we don't be, want to be crazy Maddox. Like there's a lot of crazy people out there that like, and they give the charismatics a bad rap. Yeah, so cool. if we're going to evangelize, if we're going to live life in the Holy spirit, let's do it in a way that is supernatural, not abnormal. Like mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> God wants good. to add, but okay, Brad, why don't you go first? All if right. you, this is the, the two cents, get it in two. The jar. I'm going to try to drop it. Tell me if you pick this up, Jax. I want people to hear it. Is that no? Okay, great. Um, but the question is, how do I how do I evangelize people I don't know without being weird? How do I bring Jesus to people I don't know without being weird? My answer is to find Jesus in them. So um, mm. when we, I've talked about this on on the show recently, actually. But uh, if we see Jesus as the fulfillment of all desire, then what we can know is that the desires people have ultimately are oriented towards the Lord. And so when we encounter someone, that's a unique, specific, and unrepeatable image of Jesus. And that person's been given different desires that are made to lead them to the Lord. And whenever we're in natural, uh, everyday conversations with people, we talk to them so that we can hear what is on their heart, what's on their mind, what they think about something. 
do that the same way. And as you're listening, have a lens to see like, what's the desire behind that, right? Like what, what, what makes this person tick? What are they interested in? And when we can find Jesus in someone, we're able to evangelize a person and not a concept. See, I think a lot of times like in, in, maybe especially in Catholicism, because we have this rich tradition behind us, we can evangelize concepts. We can bring Jesus to concepts instead of bringing Jesus and evangelizing persons, like bringing it to the person in front of us. So we can hear what someone says and have an apologetic response because of how amazingly true the faith that we call ours is. But we want to make sure that in evangelization, we're working on conversion of heart. And that heart has desires and the person in front of us has desires. And when we can help them realize that that is in fact a good desire, but a place for it to be like fully fulfilled, isn't in necessarily what they're sharing right in that moment, but in the Lord and in the faith that we've called ours. Now that transition, there's ways to not make that weird, but I think my two cents (laughs) will rest there with uh, find Jesus in that person by finding that person's heart and their desires and then evangelize and bring Jesus to the person, not to the concept you think the person represents. And and you do this so well, Brad, in your life, you know, uh, you've shared, I think a mission momentum, a time or two of like, your desire just to go in to meet the person at the gas station mm-hmm. or to meet the person at the fast food restaurant. You were, yeah. you were sharing today before we recorded that uh, you've been hanging out at the local coffee shop down mm-hmm. in Centerburg and, and, and the, they, they know you by name, they know what you order. And mm-hmm. like that, that's a, that's a great way to establish that. Yeah. Thanks brother. Relationship. Treat, treat a person like a person, not like a potential convert. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's huge. I mean, even the, the idea of a, a conversation for a person to, to be loved, to be cared for, uh-huh. and then to con- converse, not just concepts. I, mm-hmm. I, you guys both do. We have a training uh, for our missionaries on theological discussions, and uh, you've both done the teaching. And one of the things I love the most about it when you guys teach is you talk about the there's always there's always a person behind the question. So if someone says something or if someone does something or if they ask something, it's, you know, like our last question, uh, last episode that why do I need to be baptized in the Holy spirit? There's something about that person behind that question, asking that it could be, they want a theological answer. It could be, they had a grandma who did bat like was baptized in the Holy spirit and was really hurt by it. There's like, you have no idea. And so getting to know them and not just jumping in like a puppy, like, like I'm going to answer all of your questions. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about Jesus. Mm -hmm. But like, who are you and how can I love you? Yeah, that's good. I I think there's a, there's an area uh, around this particular question that I sometimes, yeah, I do. When I hear it, I'm like, no, I, I don't think that has to be the case, but you'll hear a lot of times whenever people are teaching on evangelization that like, we don't want to have an agenda. Mm hmm. And I'm like, no, we definitely want to have an agenda, but there's a way to have an agenda that's not weird and is not forceful and is not manipulative. Like there's a way to have an agenda that's love because I actually know, we know, most of the people listening to this know that Jesus is love, right? So my agenda when I encounter people is to bring them into the love of Christ. Like 100%, I have that agenda, but there's a way to do that, that again, treats them like a person, not a project, right? Like yep. they, they're not just someone I'm working on. There's someone Jesus wants way more than I do. But man, if we can get away from that language, because I think it discourages people that are zealous for mm-hmm. the Lord. Like, no, I want you to have an agenda. Just not, don't be weird about it. Like everybody in the world, if they would know Jesus, would live a more complete, whole, and better life. 
Now, will that happen necessarily the next time I go to that coffee shop? Maybe even probably not. Yeah. But getting one step closer will be the goal, right? That's like beautiful. moving the needle forward is the goal. Help them. Realize. I got. Uh, I got some some sense on the tip uh, of my tongue. So Dan, I good rebound. I want it. Okay, here we go. Oh, I want to be a backboard. But Jesus, I just missed, yeah. Jesus says in the Great Commission, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm. teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am, I'm with you always mm. to the close of the age. The, the bookends of this statement, right, that Jesus starts by saying, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then concluding, I am with you always to the close of the age. So, so we actually, we, we minister not from a place of begging, but from, actually from a place of authority. That, that our word, because Jesus walks with us, our word actually carries that same authority, that he, he commissions us, he gives us a taste of his authority. But we also see that the Lord isn't a bully, right? That, that the Lord doesn't force his agenda on anyone, yeah. but the Lord allows us to make a choice, right? That, that authority comes from two sources. The first is from the commissioning of the Lord Jesus, and the second is actually from the permission of the individual that you, you can't force someone to be evangelized, right? <laughs> right, right. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship that you engage in. So Yeah, you can't be manipulated into conversion. Yeah, yeah so, so my, my two cents is this, like we have to, we have to pursue the, the, the tried and true uh, modes and methods of, of, of social communication in order that we might actually earn the right to be heard in the course and the process of evangelization. So there's, there's ways about this, but I think so many Christians, unfortunately, are sabotaging themselves because um, we've, we've adopted a mindset that I don't need to work to be good at communicating because I'm right, <laughs> right? And, and, and when, I, when I don't work to actually be good at the process, be effective rather maybe, at the process of establishing relationship, the message falls on deaf ears. Yeah. That's awesome. That's I love so that. awesome. Earn yeah. the right to be heard. I don't know. I, I was... I was thinking of the North American martyrs, actually, uh, that they they went into this like to the savages to evangelize. And but they didn't like they didn't see fruit right away. They they adopted their customs. They came to understand their customs and all missionaries. When you go to a foreign land, you don't just bring the good news. You first come to understand the people you and you adapt yourself to the people so that you can minister, communicate and share the gospel in a way that they can receive it. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's also, there's a power in regularity too. I, I use this phrase all the time. We were mentioned in the coffee shop there. If you're going to become a person that earns the right to be heard, you're a person that's present. You're a person that's present. Like the North American martyrs, they were present to these people, like so present that they actually went home and came back. Right. And if you're someone that's like wondering, like, yeah, like how do I earn the right to be heard? One of the ways, at least I think, is be be present, be regular, right? Like when you're when you're at that coffee shop and you see the same person that you're ordering from every day, learn their name. You it know? is. I think it is kind of funny, and uh, I mean, I don't know that like when you see the person that doesn't take care of themselves physically trying to share with you about the good news of Jesus Christ, you're 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 almost like well get your life together, right? And, or the person who, even the person who's like on the street corner dressed up like to, like to the nines and now they're trying to proselytize. It's just like, wait, become more like 
casual view. It's almost it's interesting why different people take different approaches. Like I'm going to like act like I don't need to be presentable at all to share the good news, or I'm act like I am so presentable to share. And I think sometimes it's just like all like be authentically you. Like just be you and like learn how to communicate, yeah. how to relate, how to love. And, and in that relationship, people may receive you better. Yep. You heard it here first. Don't you heard it here first. Yeah, don't wait, don't what, be weird. What's that, what's that line? Is, it's the shepherd like smells like a sheep, right? Like that's, yeah. a, that's a concept there too. Is like the shepherd is able to like, the shepherd smells like the sheep and is therefore able to lead from well, within instead and, of. And because I, I often think like, don't be weird. Uh, but then I think about St. Francis. I'm like, well, what did the people of his day think about him? And how do we, and I don't think, so he wasn't a weirdo, but he he was he was um, different, right? He was different. You, That's you, what you it can was. be different, but not weird. Yes, and and like and again, like, <laughs> like no, seriously, I'm ser- you yeah. Like there's something like you're marked different. All like, saints you, are different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, hey, well, some point. of them are weird too, but that's okay. Like you no, can good become point. a good if point. you're weird, yeah. you can become a saint. Just try not to be a weird saint. Be a not weird saint. Okay, that's great. My two cents. My two cents. Okay, I think. Um, so the question was, how do I bring Jesus to people I don't know without being weird? And I, how do I, 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 I'll start with the story. So the first time I had a lot of missionary zeal, I think I was 18, 19, I was, uh, I signed up to be a missionary with Net Ministries and we were learning about evangelization. I remember it was our first night after this evangelization training that we had a free night and we went to get ice cream. And as I was ordering my ice cream, I said to the person, I said, hey, do you know Jesus and do you have a relationship with him? And the look on this guy's face was just like, I hate you. <laughs> He's like, dude, you're one of those people and got so frustrated. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, I walked away from that. I did get my ice cream, but I walked away. I was like, that did not work. <laughs> it, it, it didn't work. <laughs> we can say whatever we want about that. It didn't work. I used That's the at name least above one. all names and I wanted to share the gospel and with that guy. It did not work. It didn't work. And, um, and, and I, I think it was just because I was like, it was treating him like a project. My end game was like, yeah. uh, like, ah, okay, I'm going to tell someone about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, what I have found to be really useful for me is sharing the gospel with people I don't know without being weird is focusing on the people that the Holy Spirit highlights to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when I, I could go to the grocery store or I could go to the gas station, I could go go out and share the gospel with anyone and everyone I see. And I think sometimes, well, in my, at least in my experience, that kind of Russian roulette gospel sharing hasn't been effective. But what has been effective is before I walk into Walmart, saying to the Lord, Holy Spirit, if you want me to minister to someone, please highlight them. And, and sometimes when I'm in Walmart, the Holy Spirit, just because I'm attentive to that, will highlight someone. And when I approach that person, nine times out of 10, that ministry is very, very effective. Um, sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't highlight someone and, and that's completely okay. Sometimes the Holy Spirit highlights someone and I walk away from that without engaging them. And I have to actually physically turn back around and say, Holy Spirit highlighted that person. And I was, I, I just was uncomfortable. So I walked away. So I, I forced myself to go back. And I think Jesus, we see Holy Spirit highlighting in Jesus's ministry. Um, Zacchaeus is one of my favorite, uh, stories in the gospel. You have this man, Zacchaeus, who is short in stature, and he's hiding in a tree. He's trying to hide himself. 
So he doesn't even, he doesn't want to be seen. No one sees him. He, they, it, and yet Jesus sees him like so, and, and Jesus in this huge crowd sees him, ministers to him and changes Zacchaeus' life. And not only that, but Jesus is so attentive to what the Holy Spirit's saying. He goes up to the stranger. So Zacchaeus is a stranger. Jesus calls him by name. He says, Zacchaeus, right? That the, only the Holy Spirit could have done that. It was that word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit that highlighted Zacchaeus and Holy Spirit told, like through the Holy Spirit, Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name. We see this too in the call of Levi, right? And in, in Mark 2, it says, once again, Jesus went along from the sea. All of the crowd came to him and he taught them. So Jesus is surrounded by a crowd. It says, as he passed by, he saw Levi. So he's just walking around as he passes by in the midst of a crowd. He's in Walmart, right? He's at the, as he passed by, he saw Levi um, sitting at the customs post. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And so like Jesus is walking and passing by and he sees Matthew and he's, uh, and he just simply says, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew drops everything and follows him. And so I think um, if we could pray that the Holy Spirit would highlight strangers to us, it's not weird when it's it's divinely ordained that we talk mm-hmm. to this person and and, um, and and just be approachable and say like, hey, how are you doing? Like, Holy Spirit is going to be in that conversation. I love that. Can you can you share with those listening? Like, whenever the Lord highlights someone to you, what, what's that like? Practical? What's that? What's that experience like? What does it look like practically? Yeah, I, um, I, I think practically it's like they stick out for some reason, and my mm. my spirit just says that like you're supposed to talk to them, and mm-hmm. uh, and so and then when when you get a re- spirit of revelation, God says I want you to do this. You should also then ask, okay, Father, what do you want me to do about that? And mm-hmm. so so then I almost ask, okay, how do you want me to approach this person? And sometimes. I look at their face and I'll see pain on their face and I'll just go up to them and say, Hey, it looks like something's bothering you. Are you doing okay? And it's amazing when you see someone and you acknowledge that it breaks something in them mm-hmm. and it opens a conversation or other times I'll just like, I'll just simply say, Hey, I was walking by and God put you on my heart for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. is there something you want prayer for? And so it's not a weird, that's no. actually not weird. People don't think that's weird. Like mm-hmm. they think it's weird if like you're targeting them, but if it's just like, like, I don't know why God did this. What's, yeah. what's going on? It, it, it's almost, uh, what do they call that? Authentic vulnerability. You're, yeah. you're, you deep, you like, you take away a, like a spirit of pride. Like I'm better than you. And mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, I'm curious. Are you doing okay? Yeah. There's also an authenticity when we hold on loosely. Because even yeah. in the way you presented that, it's like, hey, I was walking by and, and I felt like the Lord just wanted me to stop. You know, like I'm not I'm not saying like I am always right in these circumstances. Yeah. Let me teach you here. It's really just this holding on loosely like, hey, and I, I see you. And I've had moments where people literally within seconds are crying yeah. and then we're praying together. Also, I had God highlight someone one time and they're like, this person is Jewish and I want to reveal uh, the presence of God to them through the name of Jesus. I'm like, wow, that's a specific word. So I go up mm-hmm. to the the girl and I'm like, hey, this may be a weird question. Also acknowledging that it's weird yeah. is often not weird. Yeah. Like this may be like, are you Jewish? And she's like, she laughs and she's like, I am. I was like, I was praying and God like, God told me that you were Jewish. And he just said like, he wanted you to know Jesus and he wanted to reveal himself through Jesus to you. 
would you mind if we pray right now for a revelation of of God through Jesus? And she said, yeah, let's pray. We prayed. And I'm like, are you experiencing anything? She's like, I'm not experiencing anything. And I'm like, come on. And so I walked away from that. Like, okay, I had an end game of what it should look like that I thought she was going to be like, oh, I love Jesus. I have no idea why God wanted that to happen. But the word was true. She was Jewish. And, and the word has to be the true that God wants her to encounter him mm-hmm. through Jesus. And so, um, but when? Because that's when. the third question, right? Yeah. Is like, what do you want me to do about it? And then when is he going to bring about yeah. that result? That's his, yep. not mine. Well, I also love that. Um, back to the first thing I asked you, Aaron, that when we, when we actually state that it might be weird, what we're saying is it's going to be different. If yeah. we can go back to that kind of like interplay, it's like, Hey, this is going to be a little different, maybe outside of what you've experienced. But I also think that earns you the right to be heard because it, it comes in again, just like it comes in so open I and, and people just experience that authentically. And like, it's like a sincere person's approaching me, you know, what are some other um, ways that you guys have found that you can earn the right to be heard? So I said the power regularity you were mentioning like just being open and holding on loosely and saying like, Hey, this might be weird, but I'm wondering if I someone's refuse to answer that because it's my mission moment. Oh, <laughs> do you have any other thoughts? I, I turned my back to, to be him weird. because I, he... I'll, I'll tell you what, honestly, Aaron really needs to work on how not to be weird. Like that moment <laughs> right there just got super weird. No, he's excited like, for Aaron, momentum, on, man. <laughs> Like, geez. No, it's a, uh... we're all growing right now. <laughs> I think we want to be supernatural people who are operating in the natural. We don't want to be abnormal people who are like not being normal. And so yeah. like, there's a difference between supernatural and natural and normal and abnormal. I love it. Well, let's jump to mission momentum. Aaron, you want to kick us <laughs> off? Sure do. With mission momentum? I sure do. Uh, here's my challenge. I'd like to invite our, our listeners, our viewers today to have a conversation with somebody about something that interests them th- that you've been trying to evangelize. So if I've been thinking like, I really, I really want to introduce this person to Jesus. I really want to introduce, introduce this family member to Jesus. Let's spend some time actually asking the Lord, like, God, what makes this person's heart come alive? And how can I adopt that and, and care about the things they care about? Uh, I'll, I'll give a little more context from just, like, yeah. this is one of the things I used to do in youth ministry all the time and still do, that when I see somebody who, who uh, whether they're deeply integrated in community or whether they look like they're on the outside, and I see them expressing a passion for something unique and especially something obscure, I'm like, my, my heart says, I want to make myself like the most excited about that thing ever, whether that's AI or comic books or, or random sci-fi stuff or anime, right? Uh, like these things are great. They do have a certain appeal to my life, but my primary appeal is because I want to know the people who love these things. Well, and just to testify, I've seen you throughout the years do that so concretely and people come alive and people who are hardened of heart uh, and kind of they they come to a retreat or they come to an experience where they don't want to be there. Yeah. When you do that, it softens their heart and then they enter in. And so it is it, it's not only an idea, it's something you do and it's effective. It truly yeah. opens their heart. Yeah, the, the, the only thing I don't talk about is sports because I hang out with Brad. Yeah. <laughs> he's well, got I know he's got that one covered. Well, and that's actually 
actually such a good thing because when I meet someone who wants to talk about video games and I'm like, I got nothing, I'll walk <laughs> and say, hey, yeah. you should yeah. meet Aaron and then introduce him to Aaron because because that relationality can happen. But but the reason, if I can go to Aaron's Mission Momentum, the reason you guys know that about each other, though, is because you've spent time in the interest of the other. Like when we're in relationship, mm. you learn what the person yeah, likes what their desires are. I, I love that. That's a all good right. One. My mission momentum goes along with my two cents. Um, ask God to highlight someone this week and then actually approach them. And so as you go about your day, just pray right now. Holy Spirit, highlight someone this week. And so like that simple and then be intentional with that throughout your days. And when God highlights someone and he will, because that's what he does, um, then just go up to them and start a conversation and, and be open to um, praying with them in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mine's going to be uh, tied into, I think, a number of the themes we're talking about. But I, I've been just struck as we're speaking about the power of a name. So you were mentioning Zacchaeus earlier and like mm. the, the power of a name, uh, Levi, Matthew, the power of a name. Like when when Jesus calls people by name, things change because it it just dignifies you. It shows that I'm here with you. And so we all do different things throughout our week. We go to the grocery store. We go to the bank. We go in, into a coffee shop. We have coworkers. I, I want to encourage you in all of your interactions, those small ones this week, call the person by name. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't have a name tag on, ask them their name and call them by name. If they do, call them by name and uh, and see what happens. Can I throw a plus one on yeah, that? Yeah, please. This is a trick that I use all the time. Yeah. I, you should have shut him down. You could have been like, no. Yeah. I, mission I, momentum. No. But, I, but my temperament is I'm, just so I'm excited helping, about I'm everything. helping Brad. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, I keep a note in my phone of like places that I visit so that I can write down people's names so I can remember That's them. really great. Yeah. So even start a note. So yeah, call it, them by name and then start a note saying, hey, at Huntington Bank. I, I, Katie, because yep. that's the person I spoke to. If that, really if that, if that helps you, yeah. Brad, literally, you just remember everyone's name. Like it's I, insane. I, that you I like that gift. Well, I also, uh, yeah, yeah. I thanks for that. I think <laughs> I, I was. I, well, what I was trying to say is, is well, I just gift. get excited. Like, yeah, and, and I vow, and I really, I love it because, I, well, I also think we how we receive is also how we give a lot. Like when people remember my name, I'm just yeah. so honored by it. I'm like, cause you know me. And, uh, well, I think, I think it's so important that, uh, honestly praying for the gift to be able to remember people's names or to have mm-hmm. the ability to, 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 to care about their name enough to do what you're talking about, Aaron is something to be praying for. Yeah, that's really good. Well, uh, friends, this is, uh, the show where encounter meets mission. We've talked a little bit about, uh, evangelizing and we hope that you had an encounter with a new thought there and we gave mission momentum where we can go on a mission. Another way to be on mission is share this episode with a friend who might uh, need it. Someone who might be uh, wanting to take the next step in faith and not knowing how to. We want to be a community for you, for them, and for anyone who loves mission. And with that, we want to remind you, as always, that mission Mission makes makes sense. And we'll see you next week here on Beyond Damascus. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's episode on www.ewtn.com forward slash radio forward slash podcasts or check us out on youtube or your favorite podcast app we will be right back after a short commercial break this is father ken briganti catholic radio reaches a vast audience of people it's an excellent tool of evangelization in the 21st century so radio is the best way for us to get to know the lord And then we can love him and serve him and prepare ourselves in this life to be with him for all eternity. 
The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. One time somebody said to me, why don't you air these people? And I said, no, because I don't think they're Catholic. He says, by what right do you have to say that? I said, I own the network. (laughs) Mother Angelica Live Classics, every morning, 2 Eastern, on EWTN Radio. The Catholic Gentleman Podcast is a show for Catholic men on the topics of living with virtue and holiness in the modern world, providing practical insights for men of all ages. You can hear The Catholic Gentleman, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates around the world, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTN.com radio and click Podcast Central today. As the largest religious media network in the world, EWTN has an important role in educating others about our Catholic faith and spreading the good news of salvation. We invite you to explore our numerous pages of historical faith documents, prayers, teachings, and other current issues in Catholicism today. Visit EWTN.com and click Catholicism. EWTN is the global Catholic network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite and I'm joined here with my brothers Aaron Richards. Yes, and Brad Furon. <laughs> That's oh, the best. Man. Perfect start. I saw it coming. We... <laughs> hey, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we are members of a missionary community named Damascus, and we are all about leading people to an encounter with Jesus that leads to mission. And this show simply takes our audience's questions, uh, answers our two cents. So we have our two cents here. We throw them in the jar. We give our two cents to the question you asked. And then we each at the end share what we call mission momentum. It's how we tell you, our listeners, and uh, that's awkward. Like, we don't tell you how we suggest. Yeah, yeah. You how take, we demand. Yeah, we tell you because we are so smart. We suggest how you take this message into the momentum of your week on mission because we want you to live a missionary lifestyle with Jesus Christ. And so um, we're going to get started today. We have a, uh, a question before that. This is a show about mission that's on mission, and uh, the cool thing about that is that we have a mission partner who has generously offered $10 per new subscription, and that $10 goes to a camp scholarship to someone in need. So um, Damascus, we offer a, a ministry program called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. We want to get as many young people to have an encounter with Jesus as possible at camp. And so if you hit that silly subscribe button, um, it helps us reach more people, but it also allows us to raise $10 to send a child who can't afford to go to camp to be a camp. And so that makes a huge difference in someone's life. Okay, you guys ready for the question of the day? Ready. All right, Mr. Jack Parker, can you give us our question? Yeah. Uh, Question of the week is, why do good people still need Jesus? Why do good people still need Jesus? Yeah. 
It's a great question. I, I love this because Boy. I think it allows us to uh, to really evangelize, right? Yeah. So I'll throw my two cents in. I think mm. I think this is a natural question that a lot of people face. Like, okay, how do I evangelize this person who is pretty doggone good? Sometimes I feel awkward evangelizing someone who may actually be better than me in some areas of their life. <laughs> like, I'm a mess. And uh, so how do we know? Uh, ultimately, why do why do people need um jesus even if you're good it's because uh jesus says so like i we just have to be obedient to the word of god this is what jesus says in in mark chapter 16 the great commission he says um go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature whoever believes and is baptized will be saved whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay. So these, <laughs> these stakes are pretty high that we have a, a missionary mandate from Jesus Christ that we have to go into every, uh, into the world and preach the gospel to every creature because, uh, the stakes are massive. He who believes will be saved. He who doesn't will be condemned. And so the goal, Jesus didn't come simply to give us a moral theology or a ethic to, to live by. Mm -hmm. He came to give us salvation. And he says himself, I am the way, the truth, mm -hmm. and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And uh, I think this is hard for us to understand today's world, but uh, out of obedience to the word of God, um, goodness, a good life, is not the means to which we are saved. It is only through Jesus that we are saved. There's no merit, no 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 excellency in ourselves. It is Jesus Christ who leads to salvation. And as Catholics, we believe they are only saved through baptism, right? Mm -hmm. And there can be baptism of water or baptism of desire, um, but the baptism in Christ Jesus is the means by salvation. That's why Paul he says. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. The, 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 there's, a, there's a mandate on us to preach the gospel. So um, why do I still need uh, Jesus if I'm a good person? It's because Jesus told us yeah. we need him for salvation, yeah. he's not the only, for a good life here. He's the only path back to the Father. Yeah. He's the only path back to the Father. And if, if we look at the flourishing of like life as everything that we could be we have to we have to return to the father like he's the one who created us he knows what we were made to be more than we do and if jesus is the only path back to that we are in in indebted to him to share with everyone that that is the path by which they can get to the fullness of life that uh that mark chapter 16 verse 15 verse that's one of my one of my favorite verses to preach from in the in the whole bible and uh it's so easy for us, even in the course of conversation, to forget again, like that the stakes are high here. Um, you know, in in the course of running a, a mission campus committed to the work of evangelization and being a part of a missionary formation program, like that that it's it's very clear and cut and dry what Jesus communicates here that if you believe then you will be saved. Yeah. If you do not believe, then you will be condemned. Mm -hmm. There's no middle ground. There's no like, if you believe you're saved, if you don't believe you're, you're condemned, but, but the people who are doing okay are, are 
yeah are gonna enjoy heaven with everybody else well and there was uh, a church uh, there's a, a heresy in the church that basically says as long as you're a good person everyone goes to heaven right and it's that that's been announced as a heresy it is not it's not true and that invades its way into our modern culture especially here in america where we're just like yeah as long as i'm basically a good person i'll go to heaven and that's not what jesus says that's not what the word of god says and and that doesn't excuse that doesn't mean that the mercy of god doesn't extend upon everyone and god's gonna not gonna do everything Mm -hmm. to to bring us into salvation but it does mean something about my call to be a missionary that sure. I have to share the the name of Jesus with others. Yeah. Well, we're just in such an individualistic culture where it's like, yeah, I've come to believe this, but I mean, like you're okay. If you're not like, I don't want to force that on you because, well, I also think that there is a, a false sense of Liberty, you know, like a false sense of like, well, like, let me just allow you to be free to discover it for yourself. And it's like, No, the only way by which someone discovers is by finding. And maybe the person they were supposed to find to tell them that the gospel, that the good news is the path back to the father was you. Like maybe you were the one that was supposed to say Jesus. Like I, I hear this a lot in, in the ministry world and it it can frustrate me when it's like, we, we, we just explicitly play the long game. It's like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean by just explicitly playing the long game? Well, we just, we really accompany people. I'm like, yeah, I love that. I I'm all for accompaniment. Jesus accompanied 12 and he accompanied three and he accompanied 5,000 and he did that a little bit differently. But like, do you, do you eventually tell them the name of Jesus? They're like, well, that, that they'll, they'll learn that by our lives. It's like, and by your word, like it's important. Like, and I think sometimes because we forget the stakes are high, we'll just fall into the comfort of like, well, it's hard to say that name because it really does draw a line in the sand, but it's like, yeah, yeah, that's the line. That's the line that Christians are supposed to draw in the sand. And the line that leads to salvation. Yes. Yes. And in love. Okay. Right. Like we're not saying go and tell people like every, like, I don't think it's effective to stand on the street corner and say, everyone's burning in hell, repent and believe like, but I, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the path by which the most are saved, but I do think intentional (laughs) discipleship whereby I, I let them know that faith in Jesus is critical is the best way. It's the way that Jesus chose. Like he, his, his plan for salvation is you and me living out. Yeah. Mission in the world. I think there's something special about Jesus's name too, that if you share that with someone, you may not be received, but that name, that name will be on their heart at their death. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so when you share the gospel with someone, they're going to like at the moment of their death, even if they, they've, they've Mm -hmm. rejected it with their life and they're a good person, but they just, they haven't practiced a faith. At the, the moment of the death, that name is going to be there. Yes. I, I think that's the mercy that Jesus gives us. That's really good. I have my two cents. Um, why do good people still need Jesus? Good people still need Jesus because they're a unique, specific, and unrepeatable image of him back to the Father. So like, if you don't, if you don't become all you were made to be in the spiritual life, the world is missing an angle of Jesus that they won't find until heaven. Mm -hmm. And so there's a supernatural element to this that we miss sometimes that Jesus, yes, he came to save us, to return us to the father. Yes. Jesus came so that we could be excellent and great. And like all those things, but Jesus also came that we might become him. Not just like him, but become him. Like the, the idea of the mystical body of Christ. The church has long said that, that we're called to be an altar Christus, another Christ that, that Jesus 
his example of his life is supposed to be lived out by Brad in a specific way that draws more people to him. And so if I don't, even if I'm good, like even if I'm virtuous and honest and like these things, but I don't believe in him, then there's no way to become him. And if I don't become him, there's not someone else that's Brad that's going to become that part of Jesus. And and if we really take the identity thing seriously, if we really take the the like the individual touch of God. Like when I look at my fingertips, like no one else has this series of fingerprints. No one has ever or will ever have this series of fingerprints that like specific detail that he puts, even in these physical features of us, he puts that in our souls too. He puts that in our, in our mission and what we're called to our vocation. We talk about that so often in the, in the church, the the call on my life. And even though all three of us are married, our, our, husbandly, our fatherly vocation is different. And we can learn from one another, of course, but ultimately I'm supposed to be a unique aspect of Jesus in those calls. And if I'm just good and I don't know him, I can't be that. So I think that's supernatural element. I also think that Jesus is the one from whom grace flows. And so if I want to make the greatest impact in my life, spiritually speaking, then the greatest impact in my life isn't just by listening to people. It's by manifesting that grace, which comes through belief and well, through baptism, through continued cooperation with that grace and through a saintly life. Mm, That's beautiful. Love that. I got some two cents over here. Oh, jumping in. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> nothing but net to this. Okay, uh, I just wonder, like, Dan, by the end of the season, it. are you going Dan. to get better? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, 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 we're not moving closer to excellence Dan. here. Dan. Okay, sorry. My. <laughs> Every week, every week I have I have a scheduled time to practice flipping coins, and every week something, something else comes scheduled. up. Oh, good. Okay, it's, so we're just making excuses. One of these, That's one of these days. Okay, uh, I my my life was transformed when I I heard uh, I I read um, Pope Benedict, who is uh, just an absolute giant. Mm-hmm. Um, in his work in Deus Caritas Est, uh, when he wrote about the person of Jesus, um, and he has this this one amazing quote that that I always go back to time and time again. It says, "Being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. A new horizon and a decisive direction." If if you've listened to the show for a while, you know one of Brad's favorite things to talk about is that uh, we believe in in Catholicism in this reality that we are actually made as another Christ that we're made to fulfill ultimately that that reality in our lives of um, of becoming Christ of 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 divinization mm-hmm. that that men. Um, that God became man so that man might become like God. Uh, the catechism even says that man might become God. God. And when we, when, when we, when we understand that and approach that level of, of realization, and when we see that 
evidenced in the lives of people who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus, I think it becomes sort of self-evident that uh, the the thing that the thing that a relationship with Jesus offers you is worth everything. Um, a relationship with Jesus it will it will transform you, right? That it will transform your weakness into strength. It will transform your vice mm-hmm. into virtue. Like we say that a person is living a good life, but even a person living, you know, the greatest secular good is still in the grand scheme of things. Like we are, um, uh, we are a, a potentiality waiting to be released into the world. And one of the cool things that that we witness to and we testify to here at Damascus. If you if you follow us on social media, you'll see testimonies to this effect, right? That we don't have to wait until heaven to see that reality really, truly manifested. And true, we we live in this here now, not yet kingdom right now where uh where we get this glimpse and this promise and we're always wrestling with the tension of the fact that it hasn't yet been fulfilled. But there's also parts that that have been fulfilled and that are fulfilled. And the promise that we have is that when when the end of time comes, if I'm in relationship with Jesus, that that means that that this fallen body gets replaced with a resurrected body, a resurrected body who uh, is is has is filled with supernatural power that that manifests the charisms of the spirit in a way that I can only dream right now, right? That can that can do the works that Jesus did and do greater works than these, who can who can lay hands on the sick and the sick will be healed, who speaks the word and 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 God's word flows forth, right? That these are realities that when we enter into relationship with Jesus that can be manifest in our lives. And and we see uh we see examples every day here at Damascus and in various other places in the church where, you know, yeah. Do you want to see the issues and the problems in your life transformed? Great. You can be that solution because God has equipped you with a supernatural grace to be able to change the world. Yeah. And that comes through a relationship with Jesus and a surrender to the Holy spirit. Yeah. I love that. Cause it, cause it orients us towards excellence. Like there's a, like human flourishing comes when we're aiming at something that transcends us. And without Jesus, even the goodness that we're attaining is ultimately unto the end that is us. Yep. And we don't flourish until we get outside of that. Aaron, you always bring up that that quote from Gaudium et Spes, where um, where John Paul II writes so notably that like we we come to find ourselves through a sincere gift of ourselves, and that that's what allows humans to flourish is when we when we actually serve something. And that, that's what, what I think is what is sticking out to me about what you're saying, Aaron, is when I say yes to Jesus, I'm serving him, not me. Mm-hmm. And that allows me to be a gift every day because I'm serving something that's not just my own end. I think we, if we look at this question from the lens of evangelization, we would often like, we could say, okay, why this person's life looks like it's well put together. They're, they're a good person. Like, why do they need Jesus? And, and it, it can almost seem silly to evangelize the person whose life is put together. And I, as I said earlier, sometimes I feel like my life isn't perfect, you know, like, and I, so who am I to say like, 
this person whose life is put together well, maybe my life is struggling in ways that theirs isn't even. But Jesus just is, he's not a psych, he's not a psych, psychology to help us like live every day uh, at peace with ourselves. He's not a, a morality and an ethic. It, it, this is a relationship that will absolutely transform you. Yeah. And, and so it's like, do do you want to live in this relationship with with God Himself forever? And um, it would be silly to say like, "Hey, I've found the best person ever to have a relationship with," and I don't want you to have that relationship with. Them. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, who watches Spider Man? Is like, man, I I want to be the Peter Parker who never gets bit. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, we, you want to be. We want to. We want to live life fully alive. We want to manifest our potential. That's right. And that's what the Lord promises. Yeah, I would even say it's not even, but it's not even about getting the the, the radioactive spider bite that I've gotten transformed. It is about that, but it, it it's simply like that you were designed for all of eternity to be in communion with the Trinity. And so if like you weren't designed for all of eternity to to be to be good, like it, like it, 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 from a moral perspective, like that, or even from the psychological perspective of yeah. like, yeah, you, you're at peace with like with life, right? It's like all of those things, like you were designed for relationship and and community with the Trinity, and it's only in Him that you find that. And, well, and that and that's what the dynamism flows from is yeah. from the fact that I'm caught up in the Trinity. I was just thinking when you were speaking, Aaron, about um, that line that from scripture in the gospel of John that we quote all the time that you will do greater works than these, like the works that I do in greater works than these, um, is what Jesus says. And we look at that in the, the, the church militant a lot, like here, think about that through the lens of the church triumphant, like just mm. think about the saints. Okay. So Jesus, what he promises is those who stay yoked to me, those who believe in me, the saints will do the works that I have done and greater works than these. Like, through the intercession of St. Paul, what what's happened in the world? Probably more than Jesus did in his earthly life. So all of a sudden now, when we, when we look at the beauty of Catholic theology in light of all of this, it's like, yeah, because they're living life fully alive. They're caught up in the midst of the Trinity. All the grace from the Trinity is flowing through them to us. And that's what he wants to do with us here again in a here now, not yet way, but they are, they're there. They're seeing it. And like they are doing the works that Jesus did and greater works than these because they're one with him and close to the Father, which is awesome. All right. So if we want to do great works for the glory of God, that is what we call mission momentum. Yes. So what are we going to do this week? Uh, to allow, like, what's our what's our challenge? What's our mission momentum? I want to go first because right. I'm passionate about it. I I want to challenge us this week to to speak the gospel to someone in your life, to to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the way by which we achieve everything that was destined for human flourishing. Like everything that we're looking for in our lives, all the desires of our heart at the deepest level are searching for Him. And so if it's if it's one of your kids that might be wrestling with the faith, if it's your spouse who might be wandering a little bit away from uh, the faith that you guys have claimed as your own, uh, if it's 
If it's someone at work who you know is interested in spiritual conversations, but you've never just said, hey, you know, here's the reason I believe in Jesus, because he's changed my life. And in the same way that he died and rose again on the third day, when I felt dead in my sin and complacency, he changed my life and rose me to a new person. And I want to share that with you because I see all that capacity in you too. And so like, I just want to encourage one, one person in your life, share with them the good news of Jesus and use his name and use the story and make it human. Like I just tried to, but it doesn't have to be a 30 minute thing, but share it with them. Love that, Brad. Uh, Dan, you go second because mine's the best ever. Oh man. Okay. I love that. I was preaching at a conference a, a few weeks ago, and uh, the activation during our prayer time, I had them ask uh, the Father, who who are three people you want me to share the name of Jesus with? And uh, I asked the Father, who are three people you want me to share the name of Jesus with? And he gave me two people, um, two, two of the names. Uh, they they weren't even Christian and and they were people who were actually living pretty awesome lives and mm. uh, their life was well put together and they were really genuinely good people and I was like man that this is an awkward conversation and so it, it was beautiful because I I decided to to reach out to those people on, on a phone call and have a conversation with them and one I asked Father how do how do you want me to share your name with them and. Um, the Lord just gave me a book to, to suggest that they read. And it was, it was awesome because I just said, Hey, I know you're not Christian and I, I like, I'm not trying to push this on you, but I think this book will actually bless you. And, um, and, and uh, she read the book and she got back in touch with me. I was like, Hey, this actually really did bless me. Thank you so much. And, um, huh. and so I think just those, uh, so mission momentum, ask the father for th- to reveal three people he wants you to share the name of Jesus with and then say, okay, father, how How do you want me to to share the name of Jesus Mm. and then do it. Great. Okay. Mine is, uh, this week I want you to think about one person who impacted your life profoundly by sharing the name of Jesus with you, uh, who, who who started you along your journey or who played a pivotal part. And I want to invite you to go back and take an opportunity to earnestly thank them mm-hmm. for the investment they made in you and for leading them along the path to salvation. I love that. Oh, wow. That was These the are best good one. one ever. Yes, that good was that actually was really good. <laughs> well, yeah, just to honor people. It, it doesn't matter. That's awesome. Okay, so that heresy we spoke of at the beginning is called <laughs> universalism. It's the, the heresy that everyone is going to heaven as long as they're, they're a basically good, good person. Yeah. This is a heresy, and it is prevalent in our world today. So we have to share the name of Jesus. And it, like, there are a lot of complacent Catholics out there that aren't sharing the name of Jesus. And so sharing this episode would light a little fire under their butt to become missionary. Share this episode with other complacent, lukewarm Catholics. If you're realizing or, or other sh- awesome Catholics, if someone did yeah. share this if with you, share this with you. You're like, let's oh, get wait, in the game. Whoops, that's awkward. Hey, yeah, get in the game. Yeah. Um, Let's be missionary together. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, where uh, encounter meets mission. Here on Beyond Damascus, we believe that mission, mission makes, makes sense. sense. Bam, let's do it. It makes sense because eternal souls are at stake. So, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week, and hopefully we've shared the gospel with someone by then. God bless. 
Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.